1: The Only on sports
2: radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire.
1: This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
2: Welcome to Wes and Walker on Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. The Monday after the completed NFL draft, we have some new Carolina Panthers to welcome to the Queen City. Are we doing this in a glowing way? Are we welcoming all of these draft picks because we like the selections Scott Fitter and company made over there at Bank of America Stadium? Would we have rather had someone else? How do we evaluate just how well the NFL draft went for the Carolina Panthers? We want your thoughts and comments as well on the Garage Door Guru text line 704. Five seven We're going to do the open the phone line thing as well. So we'll have that a little bit later, not getting off of the bus because we need to set the scene. And then we want to welcome you in as well. Right after that, we can take some of those phone calls, but we will always be taking your text again. 704-570-9610. Right before we started the show, we were talking about some of the draft takes, maybe just a little bit. Wes, I know his uh, some of his opinions that he's going to break down. I also know that Fiddy has changed his fandom, not only for one team over the weekend, but he's actually changed fandoms for two different teams, another team. Yes. Fiddy is going all in on being the worst kind of fan. And this is weird because Jeff was saying, do you expect anything different? It's pretty on brand. But I feel like some of that's on brand for Fiddy, but also that's the very guy that would legislate fandom to such a degree where he would chastise anybody else for making the moves that he made over the weekend. So now because the Canes won and they're moving on in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Fiddy is now no longer he is no longer a fan of the Islanders who got eliminated. Now you're a Rangers fan, and you made the official move to be a Jets fan over the weekend. This is something we learned as well, correct?
3: Yeah, I downloaded the Jets app, created my account. I have followed them on Twitter, Instagram, gave Aaron Rodgers a follow. Oh, (laughs) it's so disgusting. So, yes, it is J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets over here. And look, I watched the Islanders get eliminated on Friday night Mm -hmm. in pure disgust and anger. But then... The prince, the chosen one. Aaron Rodgers showed up at the Garden on Saturday, Game Six, Rangers Devils, and I was like, you know what? If if Rodgers is going to be a Ranger fan, and I'm becoming a Jet fan because of Rodgers, I got to become a Ranger fan. Well, man. what if they lose tonight? Then their season's over, and I'll be ready to go next year. Yeah, you're get, I want a full breakdown on what you think the Rangers are going to need to well,
2: do this off season in order to be the real Stanley Cup champion favorite next year.
3: Here's the thing. Because Flounder is a diehard, who is, by the way, I think he's going to terminate the friendship because I'm becoming a fan of one of his teams.
2: It's gross what you're doing.
3: It's gross. Um, because he's a diehard, I know a lot about the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I listen to a radio program in New York who their radio voice is on that radio show. So they talk (laughs) about the – I know more about the Rangers than I knew about the Islanders. Uh, And when I first tried to get into hockey a decade ago, I was a quote-unquote – Rangers fan. It all makes sense.
2: All right. Shouts to the Canes. We're going to get to that as well. Hannah Yates joining (laughs) us at 145. I know Wes wants to lead off with some Canes talk every now and then, especially after big wins, especially after they move on. That game yesterday was crazy. There you go. Yep. So we'll have some Canes talk for you, but we do need to get off of the bus talking about the Carolina Panthers and keep you up to date on what we think about these draft day moments that have happened for Bryce Young, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Johnson, Chandler Zavala and last but not least at least on the draft board Jamie Robinson bus driver changing his fandom all over the place you still have a job to do pull up to the scene open up the doors let's get off the bus we look good getting off the bus
1: I got something to say Damn! Kick it! I
2: can feel it. Wes Bryant yes we sir we love the Bryce Young pick We have been all aboard the Bryce Young bandwagon since day one, that he should be the number one pick, and that he was on Thursday. We talked a lot about that the following Friday. But with their concluded draft, selecting all of the players that I just mentioned coming into the segment, just overall thoughts before we dig into the micro, how do you think Carolina fared this weekend?
1: I think they feel some needs. I mean, as far as grades, it's, it's so hard to me, man. The, the older I've gotten and the more drafts that I watch to try to put grades on it because you just never know. I mean, you and I, we were talking about on Friday the Jameer Gibbs pick by the Lions, and I had the, the ideology that – if you feel like you target the guys you want and what they can do for you then go get them regardless of what people think and being conditioned by my draft so I say all that to say it's kind of hard to tell I think the Panthers made some nice selections obviously Bryce Young I like the Chandler Savala pick I'm very familiar with him and Jamie Robinson uh, covering them for the ACC Digital Network and you can check out both of their NFL draft tapes and I personally did each one of those so you can check those out to get a little bit more familiar with those guys so I liked a few of the picks and some of the picks I did not. So if I had to put a grade on it because you guys like for me to be decisive and I like to be decisive no, you, and I like you to make like other to be people be decisive. Be decisive. <laughs> yeah, so that's a you thing. I would go – I'll go with the B. Well,
2: that's exactly what Mel Kuyper gave them on ESPN if you want to be like one of the better draft analysts ever. And I think that's <laughs> totally fair, right? A lot of this, I think you can see Scott Fitter's ideology come to light. And now we're starting to understand, not only are we starting to understand, we kind of knew it, but this only cements what Fitterer is about during these draft days and, and during the draft process, draft traits, right? Make sure production matters in some cases, but also traits matter a lot too. And I think you saw that within one move in particular over everything else. Yes, you saw it with Jonathan Mingo being the 39th overall selection. Mingo said that the Panthers told him they were going to draft him if he was there at 39. Eventually, that held true. But trading up from 93 to 80. To get DJ Johnson, where yes, you might be right, we have been conditioned by mock drafts to expect him to go much later than the 80th overall selection, but they trade up because they were worried about the run of pass rushers to get someone who is an absolute freak. He does fit that kind of style. 6'4", 260, to have that kind of bend, that athleticism. All of the traits, all of the boxes are checked if you are looking at the relative athletic score, the spark score, whatever athletic test that you want to look the results for with DJ Johnson. But he does not really check off the box that shows you all of the production, right? So I do think that you're talking about traits early and even later but they didn't have the sixth or the seventh round pick where they are drafting the athletes there as well I, i i do like that kind of philosophy for the most part i don't want to completely sacrifice production and Wes, i don't think they completely sacrificed that with jonathan mingo guy was a good college receiver there were other receivers available that had more production than him but small wide receiver class, I know you're a fan of Tank Dell, smaller player. Josh Downs, shorter, plays big. Josh Down plays like a big guy, real strong and goes up and makes contested catches, but not the 6'2", 220, the athletic profile that a mingo has. And so if you're going with the second and third round picks, specifically, what do you think of the 39th and the 80th overall selection after we loved Bryce Young so much?
1: Yeah, I mean, the 39th pick, as I've said, I'm not a big fan of mingo i mean we'll see i know Ole miss and the receivers that they produce and a little bit of dk metcalf you see there and they are very similar when they came out as far as they didn't do a ton route tree wise coming out of old miss so now with nfl coaching they could or he could blossom into something more i know he has the steve smith co-sign when i watch his tape i just wasn't blown away as far as just not a lot of wow factor there, which you don't always have to have that. But I like it. I got wow factor when I watched Tank Dell, and I also got a lot of wow factor when I would watch uh, At Perry. And I checked out a little bit of Rasheed Rice too. I like him as well. I like them better. So I wasn't a huge fan of, of that pick. So you you would have gone somewhere else outside of Mingo.
2: Yes, and I. I don't know if I was surprised by any means with Jonathan Mingo because we had talked about him. He was a part of my draft prospect duel. We did the blind resume. Mingo was on it. Scott Fitterer had said there was one wide receiver in particular on a top 30 visit that impressed him a lot. Will Kunkel reported that that was Jackson Smith-Najigba. I know Scott Fitter kind of hinted that one of those guys would be it. And then we kind of accepted that. We had thought it was Mingo previously, right? Yeah. Then it looked like, okay, it might be JSN. But then they say, no, it was, it was Mingo. Jonathan Mingo was the guy that really impressed us. And he was going to be the pick at 39. Wes, four receivers went round one, back to back to back to back. I mean, right off of the board. And there was still a decent amount left. Jalen Hyatt was there, if that's somebody that you liked. Tank Dell was there, if that's someone that you liked. Josh Downs was there, who eventually fell to the Colts, which I love that fit. That combo's awesome. Anthony Richardson, Josh Downs. Really fun to see both of them go to the Colts. But you had your pick of a decent amount of receivers that we had talked about. It was really going to be the case for this entire process because it was so deep once you got a little further down. And Mingo was the choice. And so even if we like Mingo, the real question is, Did you like him more than some of these other receivers that were taken after? I know in your case, that's a no. For me, I I love the athletic traits. That's just how I've always been. I, I like that as a philosophy, right, with Scott Fitterer. And to have somebody that big with that athletic profile, we'll dig deeper into it in the next segment too with some of the sound that we have. But I think it is worth the risk of taking him. I'm glad they didn't trade up for him. I even wonder if you could have traded back and selected him, as dicey as that may be, especially if you were planning on trading up to get DJ Johnson at 80, and so then you had a little less draft pick capital than you originally had coming into the draft process. So those are some of the moments, but I, I do like Mingo. DJ Johnson's production scares me. I think that's the one problem that I have first and foremost, Wes. You traded up 13 spots and you got a guy that was supposed to be there a lot later that didn't have a whole lot of production. That's the riskiest move, and that, to me, is the one that has the biggest potential of going sideways.
1: Well, the thing, though, when you look at him, he has a kind of a strange career when he went to Miami, transferred to Oregon, then he switched positions during the COVID shortened season. He was a tight end. Then he switched back to defense and then he finally got there and was able to get a little bit of stability and then start to uh, get on his track. He had eight tackles for loss last year, six sacks. Uh, When you look at the write-ups on him, when you talk about some of those things you may be worried about because the athleticism and the size, everything is there, but people talk about that he's extremely raw, he's 24 years old, lacking the pass rush moves and counters, and that's what you see kind of when you watch the tape, kind of jacks guys up, sheds them, and then makes plays, but you don't see a lot of karate, you know what I'm saying, as Mm -hmm. far as the hands uh, (laughs) going in and out, so... He has potential though. Now with pro coaching, to get better. But this is the guy that, when you want to look for some positives, you can look at just the the fact that. He still kind of got some years to learn as he had to make some transitions in college.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned it right at the top of the show. You do feel like the team was able to fill some needs coming into this draft, and Scott Fitterer felt that as well when he spoke during the draft process.
4: I think when we mapped it out, we pretty much checked the boxes of what, as we go into this, what are the remaining needs. Now, you're trying to balance value and work guys are on the board, but I think we checked most boxes. You know, one thing, we went through an exercise yesterday, and we're in Frank's office, and he's putting down names and kind of our target names. And we're able to get those names that we wanted. So, you know, we feel really good about where we're at, you know, heading into the season. And the roster's never set, and we'll, you know, we'll go throughout the spring. But through, after the draft, we like this where we're at.
2: You can fill needs, and I guess classify that as just drafting the guy with the right position next to his name. But if they don't pan out, then obviously it doesn't mean anything. So how much do we think guys can contribute right away? Can Mingo contribute right away? Same question with DJ Johnson. We already have that answer with Bryce Young. We expect him to see the field this year, of course. What about a Chandler Savala out of NC State? We're going to talk a lot more about that in the next uh, segment. You can text us again, Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. We'll get to some of those texts. You can also call in. We're going to open up the phone lines. I want your draft day reactions. I want to know how you feel as a Carolina Panthers fan after this weekend. And how much better do you think Carolina got? 704-570-9610. Text or call in to Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
1: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio.
2: Walker on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. We appreciate everybody texting in. It's the Garage Door Guru text line. Uh Since 2001, their skills, hard work, and customer service have made the Garage Door Guru the number one garage door company. To all in the Charlotte area And to call in the Charlotte area That's right, both of them And uh, we appreciate their partnership And have this entire time Let's read some of the texts Let's go to some of the people that are angry at Fiddy For changing teams Salesman, the legendary salesman himself He said, Fiddy Marlowe, he's an embarrassment And typical New York team fan Bandwagon at its finest How can he even show his face in public?
3: I'm surprised (laughs) he has time to text in Go ahead and get that menu ready for next year When I'm out of the Panther tailgate, okay?
2: Eating the good food. I don't think he's not gonna let you. He's not because this this does seem like something you would destroy someone for, Fiddy. And not only one He definitely would. He There's would, no question about it. Him. He would kill him. Not not one changing. Not one team changing, but two yeah. in a weekend. Yeah. I'm just, not respecting it and I won't acknowledge who, it. Hey, he wouldn't either. If the if the roles were reversed in any way. Yeah. I mean, how long have you been a Cowboys fan? It's one thing with the Islanders uh-huh. because you had been a lifelong fan for (laughs) at most three weeks, okay? It's one thing to do that, but it's another thing entirely to do it with the Dallas Cowboys, and you quite literally are hopping on a bandwagon because the Jets are going to be good next year. At least they're supposed to be good. So that, I mean, that is the true definition of bandwagon.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not... It's not my job, your job, anybody's job to legislate fans. I, I, I like fan, you. You're preaching to the choir. Fan however you want. I am not one to rip people for the way that they behave as sports fans. <laughs> wow, the hypocrisy.
2: I'm sorry, I fainted a little bit. Right. Sorry for that pause. Yeah. Thanks for helping me. Don't people realize you're one of the great phonies of all time? First of all, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yes, that is 100% how that conversation just went. There's a couple of other people on the text line saying the exact same thing about Fiddy. Let's get to some other ones, though, just about the draft itself. 704 said, if you like athletic traits, we should have taken AR at QB. QB is a little different. And it doesn't mean that I don't like athletic traits at quarterback. Mm -hmm. I love Anthony Richardson, but I'm going to go with the Heisman winner. The guy that also has elite processing where it matters a little bit more there than other positions. I like AR. I got the best of both worlds, to be honest, because Panthers are my first and foremost NFL team. I'm going to pull for them over any other team and, and not anything close, but I got family in Indy. I like to see the Colts do well. I did grow up Peyton, that offense, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, all that. So, I if AR goes to my second team, Josh Downs does too. That's fantastic. But, yeah, I think Bryce Young was the worthwhile number 1 overall pick.
3: Let me ask you guys this cuz cuz I asked Colin this Friday morning. How much do you think them drafting a small quarterback played in them not drafting a small wide receiver at 39? Cuz we all we all love the idea of Josh Downs being here in Carolina. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like if if they would have drafted Stroud, they go down thirty nine, but because they went young one, they had to go get a quote unquote big wide receiver. Do you think that played a factor at all? Not at all. I don't think so. Really? Man, no, no, I
1: don't think at all.
2: I don't. I don't know if it is with Bryce though. I think you bring up an interesting point in the and I guess where it leads me to because that text I guess kind of has a point as well. It, it is funny. This is not a new philosophy for this regime. You know, Matt Rule being a part of the old regime, Scott Fitter the holdover here as a guy that is still making decisions the last couple of seasons, but they do like drafting athletes. This is something that they've always kind of abided by, really even more so at the end of the draft. Okay, not as much production. This is a crapshoot in the 6th and 7th anyway. Let's go get your Stanley Thomas Oliver, right, who doesn't really know how to play football that well right now, but he's an athlete. Okay, cool. He's special teamers. That sort of thing. And then Then you go and you draft Bryce Young, who doesn't have any elite physical trait, right? Like It is funny how you do have that dichotomy, but it goes to show just how different the quarterback position is when you evaluate this. I agree with you for the most part, though. I think they like the makeup. They like 6'2", 220, athletic profile. They like that athleticism as it applies to a wide receiver. I don't know if they were... Um, affected because Bryce Young is so small to get a bigger receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at his leading receiver last year was Jameer Gibbs, who's 5'10". And then you look at the next tallest receiver on that list at 6 feet. You look at the year before, the Heisman Trophy winner uh, season, the Heisman Trophy winning season, John Mechie uh, was 6 feet, and Jamison Williams went Uh, He wasn't that much taller than him as well when you're talking about six foot two. So I don't think they're sitting there saying because what would be the rationale in that he a short receiver? He's not going to be able to see him like if that's the type of conversations that are being had in there. I don't think that you should be working for an NFL team if that's conversations that Mm -hmm. you're having. (laughs) Stanford P wrote in
2: uh, that he was underwhelmed. He was very underwhelmed with this draft, especially after he was told how smart this staff was. The DJ, wow. the the DJ Johnson selection, it, it's hard to get on board with. I get it. You're not getting someone that was fantastic in college in the third round with some other more productive players there. But again, this is all about the combine. This is all about the athletic testing. And it's not like he never showed up on tape. I, I don't want to beat this guy's production into the ground so much where it was like he had zero sacks, right? Like there's some production there for him. Lewis Riddick talked about it. We have some of that sound a little bit later on in the show, but, but they do have something to work with from drafting that edge rusher out of Oregon. Let's hear from Frank Reich on just how they envision using the outside linebacker edge rusher coming from the ducks program.
5: You know, there there's a couple different styles of outside linebackers, you know, in our system, but, uh, ideally you do have the size where we need to set a hard edge, you know, to stop the run. And, um, and then as far as rushing the passer, as you said, you know, there, there's the bend rush, then there's speed to power, and, you know, there's a lot of different ways to affect a quarterback. So um, ideally, you know, you're looking for, we, we talk about in our defense, we're looking for four guys. You know, so you've got one through four, and you can have different types of guys. You know, obviously Burns is number one, right? So he's the speed guy. But, the, the, you know, we really see DJ as kind of a power guy, and then, as Scott said, continue to develop him into the, a more complete player.
2: I want to also go to Scott Fitterer's soundbite as well, because maybe you don't have a problem with the player. I'm getting a lot of that on the text line. I'm getting a lot of that, too, on the Twitter timeline as you start to look over that from this past weekend. It's not necessarily taking DJ Johnson, maybe even at 80, but it's giving something up to go up to 80 and then drafting him. Here's Scott Fitterer discussing why they decided to trade up.
4: Well, like I said, he was one of the last pass rushers on the board. You know, you never want to force need, but this is this is a 6'4", 260-pound guy that ran four-four. He's got rare traits, and with our staff and the conviction that that you know EJ and and Dom and our our coaching staff had with him, the way our, our scouts felt about him, yeah. there's a ton of development with him, and his upside is huge. He's a guy that's played tight end. He's he's played defensive end. Once he settles in and gets, you know, the coaching, this guy, this guy can be a force off the edge, and I think his best ball is in front of
2: him. So the Steelers received the third round pick, ninety-three overall. So it was an exchange, right? It's an exchange, ninety-three for eighty, and then the Steelers also added the one hundred and thirty-second pick overall in this past NFL draft, this one that just concluded. So you're talking about a couple of picks going elsewhere when you exchange just the one. What did you think about the trade up? to go get this guy and some of the reasoning you just heard from Fitter and Frank Reich as to why they like him so much?
1: Um, uh, I mean, the trading up and trading down, I never get too caught up in that. I mean, unless it's just an egregious amount. But if you felt like this was a guy that you wanted, like I said, I'm a firm believer. If you have guys that you know that you want, that you target, that you feel like are going to make a difference on your team, go get them by any means necessary because nobody's going to care in the end if they become a stud. Um, A lot of what they said pointed to a lot of what I just said a little bit ago as far as just the lack of stability that he had in the position and, and that him being fairly new to it leaves him a lot of potential, a lot of room to grow because there's a lot to work with there. When you talked about what a physical freak he is, 6'4", 260, but a four four nine forty, and he talked about that strength setting the edge at 28 lot. bench pl- bench press reps. And his body, too, is very lean. I expected a different body type when I watched him on tape, but then he's very lean. And so, because I thought it was one guy when I was watching tape and I looked and I said, oh, that's him. So he definitely will fit well, if, especially if you want to balance out those outside linebackers in that 3-4 scheme and you have Brian Burns on one side as the pass rushing specialist and then you have DJ Johnson on the other side that's a little bit of both he can give you the best of both worlds as far as setting that edge as I said he just needs to add a little bit more karate watch a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, you know Cobra I Kai like or something like that get those <laughs> hands right you know what I'm saying
2: 100% I do like that I do want him to learn karate that's going to be really hard to stop on the football field going back to the Garage Door Guru <laughs> text line anybody, 704-570-9610 <laughs> yes that is strong advice from one West Bryant here's California Greg right in talk to getting no tight end in the deepest tight end draft in the last 15 years mm. specifically trading up in the third for what most experts had as an undrafted free agent. i saw him all across the board so you know whatever mock draft you subscribe to whatever right greg said he's listening from san francisco and we really appreciate okay.
1: that so why is he not a nana fan
2: um, because he's a smart dude and he's a Panther fan. So yeah, 100%. Right, I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> that's right. Because he knows what's on the horizon. I'm gonna leave for this that game. one alone. After Bryce Young. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, what do you make of not drafting a tight end? I thought there were gonna be multiple moments it was it was real possible for them a couple of times. I mean you could, times. but they
1: just spent money on a guy that's coming into his sixth season.
2: So And you know what for me, even more than that, even more than that. Hayden Hurst, I'm glad they have a grown-up at the position now where you see somebody that already has production. I like having, okay, we're good. We don't have to go into this offseason worrying about if that tight end is going to break out. You have solid production. I'm cool with it. He's the starter. The other reason I'm okay with not drafting a tight end, I would have been cool with it as well, especially Darnell Washington, high upside type of stuff, all of that. But Tommy Trimble still has that upside, right? I mean, are you moving on from someone that was already going to be a project after two years? If it doesn't show up a third, I get it. Right. Ian Thomas, okay. We, we can't keep holding on for Ian Thomas. You gave him the contract. He's a good blocker. But
1: they're serviceable backups
2: to Hayden hurt And, and certainly doing something different. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Ian Thomas should deter you from drafting another tight end. And honestly, look, I could apply that same thing to Tommy Trimble, but I'm just not all the way out. I'll be naive. That's fine. I'll be that. I just think Tommy Trimble has the athleticism. He has a lot of the tools still that you were looking for in a tight end from one of these athletic guys coming out of this selection process. And I say it over and over again. I think tight end is really hard to learn right away in the NFL. You got a lot of responsibility. You got to block, you got to learn the route tree. There's so many different things that you have to learn. And that's why I think sometimes you don't see these guys break out until you get to their second contract or you get to their third or fourth year. So
1: that's that's why I'm okay with it. I would have been cool with drafting one, but But you can still make an impact at tight end. Like if you if you got a guy sure. like Meyer or some of the other guys like that, those other things can come along. But if you're a, a dominant receiving type you could still have packages where you're coming in there and making impacts on passing plays. I, I get what you're saying, though. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think they needed it. I think their depth is good there, especially when you sign Hayden Hurst and he's going into his sixth season. He could conceivably be your tight end for at least the next three to four to maybe five seasons. So... I think you're good there. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm okay with it. Trophy Husband said, I'm ready for a training camp
2: confidential hype video with Bryce just balling out. Bryce Young, everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. There's still some people that are out on Bryce Young. But I think most Panthers fans are happy to see you him. don't hear what one. my mom said. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: I don't think we do. Yeah, had a nickname no. for him. It was pretty funny.
2: Oh, no. I bet that's you know what? It's not bad. It's, it's just funny. It's yeah. not. It's not anything. Creepy, no, all right.
1: But it's fun. All right. Well,
2: you need to. I don't want to hear it, man. We're, we're so excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mama Fonda. I, I just I can't. I just can't do it. Uh, Nine eight zero number said, Camp Peoples from App State will be the surprise of camp. Panther got a mm-hmm. gift guaranteed. I will say this: watching Camp Peoples run, I know he had some injury problems. If I'm not mistaken, with App State. The dude was awesome when he was healthy and he was full go. Watching him with the Mountaineers, he was a beast, man. And so I'm I'm interested to see if there's a shot. Right, we see undrafted guys make rosters, maybe as backups. I do like Cam Peoples quite a bit. Um, let's go to some other text messages here. 704-570-9610. ninety six ten. Seven zero four said, I rated the draft an A because above all else, you got exactly what you wanted and what you needed. Above any and all else, you filled the biggest hole. Everything else is icing on the cake. Now it just has to pan out. The biggest need being the QB, drafting Bryce Young, number one overall. So an A probably a little bit high for me, you know, because it's one of the best grades you can get. Outside of A plus if you subscribe to that thing. Sure. I think B Maybe B plus if you want to go there, that's what I would be happy about. That's what I would grade them. Now let's talk a little bit more about Mingo. Frank Reich had this to say about the second round pick, how he'll impact the offense just for the ability. Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, all the offensive minds, they can get real creative with him on the roster.
5: You can move him around. Um, you can move him around. You know, we put all of our pass game into kind of different families. And um, we just, as I said earlier, we just see him as a really good scheme fit. We run a lot of shallows, crosses. We want to get the ball vertical. He's been very effective there. Um, and the thing about a guy, like Scott said, when a guy has elite ball skills and you've got a super accurate passer like we do, that's just a really good combination. You know, just get it near him. Like Scott said, he's got strong hands to the ball. Um, you know, he'll be a great target for Bryce.
2: So we're going to talk more about this in the second hour. But Jonathan Mingo does does not seem as polished as some of the other wide receivers that were available. Same thing clearly with D.J. Johnson. Wes, you could see Bryce Young contribute right away above all the rookies you drafted. Chandler Savala could be next, especially when you consider injuries. So Chandler Savala, NC State offensive lineman, reunited and it feels so good with Aquanu. I like that pairing. I like the pick. Everybody, Scott Fitter said that he was getting texts from other NFL authority figures saying how much they liked them selecting Savala. It doesn't look like Austin Corbett is going to be ready at the beginning of the regular season. It's something infrequently, but I have mentioned this quite a bit. Yo, this is actually a problem for them. They might want to shore up that depth on the offensive line. Wes, you could see Savala starting. Before Mingo really has that. Because I don't expect him to start over Thielen. He's not going to be wide receiver one. I still think DJ Chark as long as he's healthy to go. He's probably wide receiver two. You still have Terrace Marshall. I mean you could be talking about Mingo as three or four. But Savala. He might be the next impact rookie. From a right away standpoint. You're talking about outside of Bryce. I
1: think you're dead on when you talk about that. I like Chandler Savala a lot. As I said I'm going to even post. The draft tape that I made for him on my page for Panther fans to go on and West check Scott it out. Range. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I made that and because I wasn't as familiar with him either. And then once this process started and I saw his name in mock drafts, so we said, hey, let's make a tape on this guy because he's going to get picked. And then I looked at it and checked it out. And the thing I love the most, man, is just the athleticism. In the 20-yard shuttle, he runs four-five-three. That would have put him in the top three of offensive linemen yeah. at the NFL Combine. And when you talk about a man that's 6'3", 322 pounds, and then you look at the footage and what he's able to do, getting out in space, connecting on those blocks. He had a great pass grade. When you talk about PFF last season, 86.5 pass block grade he had last year, 15th in the entire country. And you guys talk about any quarterback but the small quarterback behind him, so you have a guy that's going to help him out there. So I love that pick a lot. I think he's going to step in probably next to – His buddy, Icky, on that left side. And then you're going to have an all-wolf pack left side of the offensive line. I know Fitty's going to really love that. (laughs) But uh, that's what you're going to have over there because I think this is a really good pick.
2: Yeah, I I do too. And by the way, Mingo I used as a prospect duel breakdown blind resume. I did Zavala. That's right. So we had a couple of those guys taken. We had Mingo and Zavala. They both show up. Mm -hmm. I believe yours was for third. And for a third round, 93 overall prospect, and you were able to get him in the fourth. And so that was really nice to see. And, And I don't know if you saw this, too, as we talk about some of the combine traits, athleticism. Josh Norris talked about this. One, he loves Jonathan Mingo. We've seen that video breakdown. But he also talked about some of the agility testing that you have. If you are trying to predict with the most certainty possible in an uncertain game, Agility testing, some of that explosion testing from interior offensive linemen, that's about a shore of a bet. Not even interior, just offensive linemen in general. The athletic guys on the line, they do... You know, pretty damn well, and if Zavala is testing at that kind of percentile, it's exciting, especially with that continuity that you might have with Ike Iquanu. Yeah, pretty exciting. So I like the draft. I'm excited. DJ Johnson, my least favorite move, trading up, but I do like Zavala. I do like Mingo, especially with the long term, and just if we're talking about how he can help next year. I do like putting him in motion. This is a guy that you do put the football in his hands, and he can do a lot of different things for you. So that's that's what I like as far as him contributing right away. Fitty, can you contribute right away with the first <laughs> flash of the day, if you don't mind?
3: Yeah, I, I've got a local update for you guys. Unfortunately, it's all bad news. <laughs> Over the weekend, the Charlotte Knights, they dropped two of three to conclude their six-game homestand with Norfolk, including they lost twenty to one on Saturday, so it was a rough weekend for the Knights. They'll be back in action tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that came out. Tomorrow, <laughs> you're just so used to saying it. Um, the Charlotte Checkers. Someone wanted an update on Friday. I got one for you today.
2: Oh, that was Friday, right? Oh, we got yeah, we yeah. got chastised for not talking about them.
3: They started play in the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs at home over the weekend against the Hershey Bears. They lost Game One five to two. They lost game two with NASCAR Brad in attendance, 6-1. Game three is on Wednesday at 7 p.m. They have to win three straight if they want to advance. And then lastly, Charlotte FC, they fell on the road at D.C. United, 3-0. They failed to build off of last weekend's home win which means we get a depressed Pelagic
2: tomorrow <laughs> no i know nobody likes a depressed willie p man we want him happy we want him happy willie p so hopefully we can change that tomorrow and then we're going to try to change your mood after that local pessimistic update from everything that took place over the weekend let's talk about some of the undrafted free agents Wes has an undrafted free agent for you that he thinks could be the best undrafted free agent <laughs> <laughs> in Panthers history no I'm not underselling it that's coming up next Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC
1: McDonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy juicy fried chicken buttery bun unmatched pickle to chicken ratio yeah they know what they're doing in fact we can honestly say I'm sure plenty of the Panthers draft picks will love to go down in history like this song uh, suggests. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you can't make fun of no corny jokes no more. That one. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a joke. Okay, fair enough. You got that much hype with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Well, I'm I'm sure these players do want to go down and be remembered in history. But anyway, welcome back to the Western Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And we will now open up the phone lines for you guys. Call in. Let your opinions be heard. 704-570-9610. While we talk about some of these Panthers undrafted free agents, mainly a guy that if you are familiar with last chance you as I am and I texted these guys in here during the draft or post draft when I saw that they signed Rajon Wright the cornerback from Oregon State, I said, this is why you guys should watch this show. And especially giving you a reason to watch it now to go back and check out the season. It's the angriest you get with us. It's having not I seen you last year. I, I, just, I just don't understand <laughs> how you guys.
3: You, you certainly did not call us you guys. You called us a couple of uh, expletives. Sp- uh, yes, Profanity-laden <laughs> sentences during the break. Yes,
1: yes, yes. So uh <laughs> Rayon Wright was a guy that was fancy. You know, when you read Pro Football Network's right up of him, they called him uh, a day two selection, said if he failed to day three, he should be a priority guy. Uh he was a first team all Pac twelve selection last season. He's got the size you're looking for, six two two hundred. Didn't work out at Oregon State's pro day. His brother went 99th overall, Nashawn Wright, uh, in the 2021 draft to the Dallas Cowboys. And he went to Laney College, which is where the last chance youth season was set at the JUCO level. Man, and you talk about some tough stories, tough kids going through it. He was one of them. Uh, Father was uh, murdered. Uh, when they were young, and so just uh, everything about him and his his struggle and how badly he wanted to make it and just the grades weren't there. But he was the number one Juco cornerback in Juco, and he would tell people about it fairly often. I told you guys during the break, if you do go check out that season of Last Chance U, he is a big talker. And mm-hmm. if you look up and you see some fights going on in seven-on-seven seven or wide receiver cornerback one-on-ones during training camp, this guy might be the epicenter of it because he will tell you how good he is, and he will tell it to you often. And he did it a lot during that show. And sometimes he even talked back to the coach every now and again. But this kid was a tremendous athlete. He made a fantastic one-handed interception on one episode. So I think that this guy has a lot of potential to come in and make an impact. We talked about Captain Munneland and the impact that he made for the Panthers. And I think this guy could be the next undrafted free agent to really make an impact on this team. I I like his chances, his size, the length there. He's a physical kid. So I'm excited about seeing old Ray John out there.
2: Yeah. It's fun to get one of these guys that has already seen the camera quite a bit. And so that is a fun one. Having someone with that ability to, Talk trash as much as anyone. I, I'm interested. Dante Jackson out there on the field. Rajon, Wright Both are not afraid to talk whatsoever. So that would be a lot of fun to see. And it does seem like he appears on a lot of the list of best undrafted free agent signings after the fact, right? So some of the guys you expected to be drafted, maybe on day three, you just mentioned pro football network had him as a top priority. If he was still available in day three, some people had him as a fourth. I mean, this seems to be an athlete that had a wide range of opinions on him and Carolina decided to go elsewhere. But the other thing here is that it's in a position of need. Still, if you'll see, we'll talk about this later on too, but the Panthers picked up the fifth year option for Derrick Brown, understood. This is what, always what was going to happen with him. They did not for C.J. Henderson, and that was understood too. So you're talking about a guy in J.C. Horn who was your number one corner, and then you have Dante Jackson opposite who was given a contract but is smaller, right, actually smaller, Sean, right, good size, six-two. maybe not the oh, biggest yeah. physical in the world. I mean, it's not like he's scared of physicality, but he's not the strongest in the world based off of his weight I haven't seen some of the comments. talking about so. this he is yeah. a slender build yeah, but yeah, he plays he sure.
1: plays a violent brand yeah, of football. Yeah, I I've
2: not I've not covered a ton of yeah, right. He, I just want to be that he's just smaller weight but really tall guy and so maybe that height actually helps him out a lot too opposite of Dante who is a smaller corner. All that to be said, does feel like there's a shot here. It's not like Keith Taylor showed you a lot as for him to be a real depth piece going forward at cornerback. Neither did CJ Henderson. Dante Jackson is hurt quite a bit and could be somebody. The Panthers are trying to save money after this year is over and done with. Like, Wright has a shot here, Wes. I I really do think there's a shot for him to make the roster because cornerback was still a need. They didn't use any of their
1: draft picks on a corner. I'm putting my money on the table right now. Rajon Wright makes this roster. I think he's going to come in here hungry, angry with the fact that he wasn't drafted. And I think he comes here and makes his team. So you guys... At least go check out the Lane in College season so you could get familiar with this guy. I think you'll enjoy it. It's such a great show. That's why I get mad at y'all. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, it's one of the shows that'll have you in tears. I, I'm not defiant. These over guys' it. Are stories it's, and it it'll just have you. I just uh It just know. it just doesn't happen. It's not that I'm defiant,
2: <laughs> but it just doesn't happen. Real quickly, uh, I believe this is a Mike K. write up on the Charlotte Observer, just giving you some stats. Yeah, so 6'2", 193. Yeah, not as slender as maybe I was talking about earlier, but ninety one tackles, two and a half. For loss, did record a sack, four interceptions, and in three. And when seasons. you see
1: him, you be brothers of another because he's lanky too. You know, how we, in the beginning, people were calling you lanky. Ass. Yeah, they were. They were calling me that, and so I am.
2: I weigh more than him, though. He's a little bit more athletic than me. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit more athletic than me.
1: All right. So, uh, talking about it, another point I wanted to bring up, and hopefully we can get into this later, but ACC versus SEC. Okay, when you talk about conference breakdowns, the ACC. Or oh, the SEC had 62 players picked in this draft. The ACC had 32. The Big Ten came in second at 55. So just talking about the fact that does the SEC yet again demonstrate that they are head and shoulders above everybody else? So let me give you a few tidbits here. So since 05, for the people that want to hate on the ACC, yes, I have a little bit of bias. The ACC has had 634 players chosen. 99 first-round picks, the second-highest total of any conference. And then since 2013, they've had 353 players, second-highest total. But the SEC almost doubled them up this year. 16 consecutive drafts, the SEC has had more players selected than any other conference. In 2022, they tied the single-draft record, having 65 players picked. at the most recent draft, in which they did not provide the most players, You have to go all the way back to 2006 when they had 37 picks to the Big Ten's 41. So uh, their record for a round they had in the 2021 draft, 16 SEC players taken in the sixth round. So did this just kind of show you that the SEC is just head and shoulders above the rest of college football? I
2: mean, yeah, SEC is the best college football conference, right? Like I can't argue with that. I mean, they, they produce champions. If you want to talk about basketball, what conference should reign supreme, there's a little bit better debate, right? I mean, but even if you don't like the SEC, it's you might argue about the gap. I mean, the SEC is still number one. And you see a lot of players that are drafted because teams are more talented, which means a lot of the players are going to be more talented than what you see from the ACC just in the last couple of seasons. That's just how it's been. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know where you fall on this so much so, like if, how big the gap is to you between those two conferences. But yeah, it's pretty big between them and pretty much everybody
1: else. I think as I drop the numbers as far as the ACC being the second highest drafted conference since 05, but I think... The last couple of seasons, the SEC has definitely taken a stranglehold in that race as far as players drafted. The ACC just hasn't had the the talent uh, as far as just the star power as well. When I first started working at ACC Digital Network, it was littered with superstars and iconic players. Uh, Not so much the last couple of seasons. I think we saw that four first-round picks for the ACC this season. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But when we come back, we're going to talk about how scared are you? of some of the other draft picks in the NFC South, especially in the first round. We're going to talk about that when we return. This is Wesson Walker.